Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Okay, good morning. How are y'all? Good to be here. Um, So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for being so faithful to us and loving us and just just being here for us, Father. And um, we just give you that praise this morning for your faithfulness, and we honor you with that. Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. So I got a lot I want to kind of share this morning, and I was just... I kind of want to go back to where I'd left off a little bit last week. How's that? For I almost had to watch the video to see what I preached. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? But, so, but anyway, uh, I didn't, but I almost did. I was like, I wonder what I was preaching last week. So, um, anyway, so I want to go in John 10:10. I love John 10. That's a great book, man, you know, and so just all the way through where Jesus is talking about he's a good shepherd, and I think it's real important that we know that he's a good shepherd, right, because you can be a bad shepherd and, um, you know, beat on the sheep, and he's like, I ain't a bad sheeper, bad sheeper, I ain't a bad sheepherd. I was watching too many British shows, but, you know, so I'm a bad sheepherd, yeah, actually that's not real good with my oaky accent is it so <laughs> I'll stick with the English well I'll stick with America I'll stick with oaky how's that okay where was I at anyway so it's a good shepherd right so so Jesus said I'm the good shepherd so what's he saying I'm a good shepherd not 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 um good is you can't separate good from God right because the Bible says God is good and so God's a good God and Jesus is a good shepherd, and so we know that he's for us, and he's going to take care of us, and he's going to be with us, and so we can trust him. And he goes talking about how he'll lay his life down for his sheep, and, and um, <clears throat> then he says, I, I freely give my life down. Jesus didn't, didn't get murdered. You guys, like he wasn't killed. He gave his life. He freely gave his life. And so when we realize that, that was the choice that he made for us. It makes a difference to how we can respond for him because he's saying, you know what? I love you so much that I give my life for you. And that changes our attitude. Like, can you trust someone who would die for you? Like, literally, someone who could die for you? I mean, do you think you can trust that person? Like, hey, here comes a bullet. Like the Secret Service, like the president has a Secret Service, man, and they'll jump in the front of a you know, in front of a bullet, you know, to save the president. Like, Jesus jumped in front of the bullet for us. Like, he's really the king. Like, it should be us jumping in front of the bullet to save the king, and instead, he jumped in front of the bullet to save us. That's not how the world works, but it's how the kingdom of God works. And Jesus is like, you know something? I'm going to give my life for you so that you can live and walk in my life. And it was, it's a really good, and he thinks it's a good trade. 
You know, he's perfectly happy with making that deal. And um, that's what's exciting is that's how much he loves us and how much is he, he's for us is because he, he's like, I gave my life for you. What more do you need to know for me to, for you to trust me? What, what more do you need? And so when we can see that and then we can focus on him, I tell you what, that's one person I'm going to trust. Because if he took the bullet for me once, that means he'll jump in front of it again and again and again. And so I know that I can depend on him and I can trust him. And that's why I love him. Right? Number one, because he loved me first, but because he's faithful to me, even when everything else in the world doesn't seem so, so much so sometimes. Right? Maybe the world's shaking around you. Maybe it looks really rocky. Maybe you're singing and dancing like a Disney princess. I praise to God that you are, right? But either way it goes, he's still there with you, not just with you, in you, and doing great things. So we can trust him. He's a, he's a good shepherd. And so he's talking about being a good shepherd and laying down his life for the sheep. And um, then it goes into um, John 10, where it says, Then came the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. Does anybody know what the Feast of Dedication is also known as? It was cold. There's like lots of candles. Come on. What was that? Hanukkah. Yeah. So, so uh, I got to do a better job of making those things memorable, right? <laughs> Good Lord. We did a Hanukkah ser- service, right? So I was just like, so but it's the Feast of Dedication, so it's Hanukkah. So Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. Now, Hanukkah is about great opposition where it looked like they were going to be wiped out and like there was no hope and then God gave them a great victory and then from that victory spawned another victory where they went into the temple and didn't have enough candles so they lit the candle one candle and it didn't burn for one day two days three days four days five days six days seven days eight days man one candle it should have lasted one day burned for eight days so that's what they're celebrating. They're, he's, he's sitting here walking in Solomon's colonnade, and he's celebrating with them this great miracle that is pointing to Jesus himself because Jesus is the light of the world. The light of the world is right there in the midst of them celebrating while they're celebrating that God brought light into the world. And you know what really wild is even though he was right there in the midst of them, they didn't see him. Even though he was right there in front of him, them, they didn't seem like they were so caught up in, in like, like they were religious, like, like they, they knew the Bible and they knew what was going on here and going on there, but they had Jesus sitting right in front of them and they couldn't see him. Like they knew in the Torah where it talked about, about Jesus, they knew all, all the scriptures where it was talking in the prophets where it was talking about Jesus. They had a deep understanding of the Hebrew in the beginning. Yahweh, you, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth, the Lake Tov. They seen his signature like no one else, but they did not see God's salvation standing in front of them when they were celebrating him. How about us? How about us? Sometimes we get so caught up in, in the pomp and the circumstance and in the daily rigors of life that we forget that Jesus 
was a real life living person that he walked and that he talked and that he cried and he ate and he took showers and he went on vacation and he you guys get my point he walked he's not the bible says he's not a not um someone who who doesn't um know how you feel because he's been tempted in every way and so that brings it back to a different level for us on jesus because that means that there's nothing you're going to face nothing you're going to go through that jesus doesn't know how you feel and he doesn't know what you're going through Man, you're like, well, people don't like me. Man, they try to kill him all the time. Like, you should be like, if everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. I'll tell you straight up right now. Like, like that's my worst fear in life is for everybody to like me. Like, I want someone to say, man, you know, James, I mean, he's so good looking. Okay, I'll give him that one. <laughs> but not everyone thinks I'm smart. Not everyone likes the way I preach. Can you believe that? I mean, it just blows my mind, but I don't want him to. So, like, I'll throw something in there to try to make someone not like me, right? I don't want everyone to like me because it means that I'm doing something wrong. Like, Jesus, he had 5,000 people, right? And then that when at one feeding, one lunch, that wasn't even, that. a lot of people, uh, scholars say that wasn't even just the people, that was just the men they were counting. So now, can you imagine how many people were there? And then when it all come down to it, they, he ends up with 12 people. Like a bunch of those dudes left him in one day because of something he preached. And it didn't matter that he was the one who raised the dead. It didn't matter that he was making the lame walk and, and got, blind eyes were open and, and all these miracles in spite of all that. You can't get caught up in other people. You got to, whether it's the praises or the critiques, because you're always, if you, like I said, you're always going to have someone critiquing you, and if you don't, you're, there's something wrong. You're always, you're not always going to have someone praising you. Sometimes you got to go to God for that. It's a lot easier to get the other side than this side. <laughs> right, Pastor George? <laughs> yeah? But at the same time, we trust God and we keep our eyes on God, keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our eyes on what he's saying and what he's wanting to do in our hearts and lives. Well, where do we find that in the Bible? Right? Walking with him, talking with him, not looking at him as a God far off, but it says Christ in us. What does that mean, in us? I mean, really, what does that mean? It literally means in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so, not, not a God far off, but a God in us, with us. Like he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Like, duh, it's hard to leave me when you're in me. Right? And if he's saying, I'll never leave you or forsake you, one day when this body passes away, this means you're not your body. There's something more to you than just your body. You are a spirit. You have a soul. He's saying, I will never leave you or forsake you. Why? Because he's in us. And that's good news, right? That's really, that's the good news. He can't leave us because he's in us. And if he could, he wouldn't anyway. So I can, I can trust him. And here he is. He's with them, walking around with them, talking with them. 
And, and they're like all excited. The Jews gather around him and they're saying, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? So like they, they knew, some of them knew, they had a sense. Man, this is the Christ, man. You know what? It, this, he's, he's, when they said he's a rock, like not like a rock like Peter, he's like the rock that, man, jumps out of, you know, airplanes and beats people's up, the wrestler, you know, like the rock. Man, he's going to come and, and we're going to have another victory like we had here on Hanukkah on the Feast of Dedication and Jesus is going to lead it. Tell us that you're that person. Do you know why they were thinking that way? Is because they were outcome, out-looking focused rather than being inward focused. They were looking to be saved on the outside, and Jesus was like, I can save you all I want on the outside, but until you get salvation on the inside, it won't matter what's happening on your outside because you're going to mess it up every time. And even with him, I still mess it up all the time. Just ask anybody. Like, they'll tell you. Yeah, he, you know, at least he's good looking. <laughs> I hear that all the time. Yeah, thank God you're good looking. Right? But they were so outside focused. So circumstance focused that they missed what God was wanting to do in their lives with Jesus himself standing in front of them, with, with Christ, with the anointed one, with the Messiah. They're even thinking he's a Messiah here, right here, but they're missing it because they weren't looking through the right glasses, man. Like everybody looks better. Like this looks clearer here and then I put this on and everybody looks good when I put this on. It doesn't matter what. Everybody's blurry. I'm just joking. Actually, I'm not lying, though. I'm, no, I'm joking. Because everybody is blurry, right? But here's Jesus standing right in front of him. And he says, how long will you keep us in suspense? Are you guys looking forward to the draft coming up? I think the Seahawks got, like, another pick. And then some, but not everybody here likes the Seahawks. Some people like the Bears, you know. About the weather, do you know what the weather's going to be like? Oh, I'm keeping you guys in suspense. I'm sorry. Let me go on. How long will you keep us in suspense? You know something? i got to say one more thing about the Hawks, though, you know? Because, like, I'm an Oklahoma fan, and, like, like, they got a chance to trade for Baker Mayfield. What's your problem, guys? Come on, man. Okay. <laughs> The Jews gathered around him saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. They're like, Look, dude, we know that what the scriptures say, and we know, so we're excited. Now you're going to do what we want you to do the way we want you to do it. So tell us plainly that you're that, dude. And Jesus answered, I did tell you. But you do not believe the miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. Whoa. Now he's talking to them. They're, they're like, they're seeing the evidence of who he is, but they're still not believing who he is. They're seeing the miracles, 
that are going on around him, but they're still not grasping who he really is. Man, we, God forgive us, sometimes we're like that too. Like we look at the storms and we look at the stuff going around and we're like, this is really bad, right? One guy, one guy I really respect and, and I've learned so much about, but he, he, was, he wrote a book and he went to New York City to have the book published. And back then, he, he didn't have a computer. It was before computers. Right? I mean, they might have had computers, but they were like too big to carry around, you know? So he had it on a notebook. And so he was going from taxi in his taxi from place to place, and they were telling him, no, this book is, isn't ever going to go anywhere. And so he finally, he's got one more place to go, and so um, he gets in his cab and drives to the next place, gets out, walks up, and remembers that he left the book in the cab. His book. The only one he's got. Like, they don't have computers where you hit save and copy and whatever. Like, I don't do that anyway. Like, I'm lucky to turn it on. I know how to do Google <laughs> and check my email. That's about it, right? So, so he would have been ahead of me, right? But it looked really bad, right? So he comes up there. He don't even have a book with him. Where's your book? Oh, man, I left it in the cab. So he left. Obviously, he didn't get that deal either. Goes back home, and his wife... Um, um, her name was Linda also, great name, right? Anyway, um, he, he walks in and she goes, how did it go? And he said, really bad. He's like, and he told her what happened. She says, oh my gosh. He goes, what do you think? And he goes, you know, it's so bad, it's got to be good. You know what? He ended up finding his, his manuscript and ended up getting that published and it ended up selling millions of copies all over the world. But what was the difference? It was really bad. Like that was all his heart. Someone else could have took it and published it. All kinds of different things could have happened, but he kept his focus and he kept centered and he stayed in who he was and trusted God to get the outcome that he needed. Where is your focus? Where's your trust? What are you looking at? So here, the miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. (laughs) Oh, man, slam. You know what? These dudes knew the Bible like I was telling you earlier. They crossed every I and dotted every T. They knew it, but they didn't know Jesus. Now watch. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No, no, they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them in me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the Father are one. Time out. Okay, they're saying that, are you the Messiah? And he's telling them, yes, I'm the Messiah. And you ain't my sheep. You ain't following me. You're following your your guilty conscience. And you're following wanting to try to 
work out of the flesh to make yourself good enough, and I come to work on the inside out to transform you and transform everything around you. If you know that, you'd hear my voice and follow me. But they didn't listen. And so now he's saying, my father, and they're like, whoa, time out, boys. How can this man say that God, Yahweh, like, like the, if you understand the Jewish culture, like when you write God down, even to this day, you write a capital G, a dash, and a D if you write his name. Why? Because you don't want to take the name of God in vain. And Jesus is calling God, Yahweh, the creator of the heavens and the earth, his father. Whoa. You know, one thing I love about the Lord's Prayer is like a lot of times we say, oh, this is Jesus' prayer, but he starts it off and he says, Our Father. Why would he say, Our Father? If it was just Jesus' Father. That's the good news of the Gospel. He's Our Father. Our Father. That means in Him, we're in Christ, and He's in us. And he's in God, and if he's in us, he's in God, and he's, guess what? God's in us. So what? The Holy Spirit's in us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. And it says it will make alive our bodies, our, our mortal bodies. So here he says, I and the Father are one. He's like, we're like this. I'm, I'm a son of God. I am the son of God is what he's telling them. And that was too much for him. So they started to throw a party for him. They were rock and rolling, man. Yeah, they were rocking. And it says, again, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many great miracles from the father for which of these do you stone me? So they're getting ready to pick it. They're like, we got you. And he's like, I've done all these miracles, so which one are you going to stone me? Is it for, for raising Lazarus from the dead? Or is it from, like, I mean, he might have waited. Next one, that was, he hadn't done that yet, so he's getting ready to do that, right? He rolled away the stone in that one and said it got one thrown at him, right? But he, like, what, what was it? When he healed people, when he raised the dead? What, what was it? He's like, which miracle? When I turn the water into wine, which one are you going to stone me for? Are you going to stone me for being who I am? My question to you is a lot of times it's ironic that they use stones. Because when Moses come down from the mountain, he had a tablet made of what? What do we judge people with? Right. We do. Thou shalt not, thou shalt, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And we're always, instead of saying, you know something? There's a rock of ages that lives inside you. The stone that the builders rejected. And he's greater than all that. He died once and for all for us so that we can live. He can live in and through us, man. No wonder he said, greater work shall I do when I'm gone. Why? Because he works inside us. And that means he's in you and you and you and you and you and everybody in here. And the Bible says if one can chase a thousand, two can chase what? Ten thousand. So how many can we chase in here? 
Like, do the math. We got some math geniuses in here, right? So, but, but do the math, right? It's a lot. Think about that. That means that with God and his multiplication and his power, we should be able to change this area with no problem. With him working inside. It's not just the area, but the people's lives. Not from the outside putting something on them, but from the inside lifting stuff off of them. He said, take my yoke upon on you. Why? Because my yoke is easy and light and my burden is light. What's, he, what's a yoke? Duh, that's what you get in the middle of eggs. <laughs> like they, instead of throwing rocks, they started throwing um, eggs at him. And so he's like, take the, no, it's like a yoke's like what they would put on the oxen. And it's like a, a, a bar and then like you're on one side and you're on the other and he's like, man, you know what he was telling them? Don't do it alone. Don't try to do it alone. You can't. You know what you'll have with the yoke of the law? You'll be grinding a stone around and around in a circle till you're wore out. You'll be like Samson, man. Blind. Battered. Tattered. Until your hair grows back and you realize it's not about your strength, but God's strength. Right? So they're taking these stones and they're getting ready to throw stones at the dude that they're celebrating. Can anybody ever throw rocks at you at your birthday party? Or a celebration for you? It's pretty crazy, isn't it? It just blows my mind. But it also makes me aware I want to see Jesus now. See, he wasn't just alive back then. He's alive now. And he's in you and you and you. And you know what those people who don't know him yet? He died for them too. And he's in them too. Oh, you can't say that. Yeah, you can. When you go check DNA, do you know what you'll find? You'll find a little cross in there. Do you know what? You've got God's blueprint. You can't breathe without God's breath. So if, you, if you've accepted him now or not, he still loves you and he still there for you. You just got to trust him, man. He's in your DNA. You can't do nothing about it. And you're not denying anybody but yourself, by the way. You can quit denying him right now and accept him. Say, hey, thank you, Jesus, for living in my heart. Come in, I return to you and give you my life. It's just that simple. So here they're trying to stone him. I and the Father one. And again the Jews picked up the stones to stone him again, man. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many great miracles from the Father. For, for, for which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any of these, replied the Jews, but for blaspheming because you are mere man and claim to be God. Okay. Do you hear that same argument about Jesus today? He was a great teacher. He had good words. There was good things he said, but he wasn't God. You ever hear that argument? That's the same old argument that they had. Look, you're, you're not God, dude. You've got this God complex. You ever meet anybody with a God complex? 
And we, we say that like it's a bad thing. Because like we should have a God complex. You hear what I'm saying? You're like, Pastor James, you just went off the tracks. Now listen to me before you start throwing rocks at me. Why should we have a God con- concept? Because God lives in us. He should be moving in and through and working through us. In Him we live and move and have our being. We should have a God consciousness rather than a God complex. They can have their God complex out of the flesh, but I want to have a God consciousness that He's with me and in me and working through me and with Him nothing's impossible. Not God far off in heaven. He is. He's everywhere. Like I'm not saying God's not like way out there. You, the, the universe is still expanding to this day and He's at the very end of it that you ain't. Except in Him, right? Because if He's we're in Him and we're one, technically I could argue that, but I'm not arguing that point. I'm just telling you, yes, He's everywhere. That's how big He is. But He's in you. Okay. Again, the Jews picked up the stones to stone Him, but Jesus said to them, I have shown you many Many great miracles from the Father. Which one of these do you stone me? And I like because he didn't back up. They're stoning him because he's saying he's the son of God and calling God his father. And he's like, so which one are you going to stone me for? Because I'm calling God my father or the miracles? And he knew exactly what he was doing. We're not stoning you for any of these, replied the Jews, but for blasphemy, because you are a mere man, claim to be God. And Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? Man, it's funny when you're the author of that book. You know that book, and you know what they're going to throw at you. But he knows how to respond. Is it not written in your law? I've said you are God's. Little g, not big D. G, okay? Now watch this. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, what about the one whom the Father set apart as his very own and sent them into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said, I am God's son. You know what he's telling them? Your, your scripture right there? talks about little gods, right? What's he saying? Sons of God is what he's saying. Your scripture's calling you sons of God, and you guys know that scripture, but you can't see it. I am the Son of God, and because I'm the Son of God in me and through, through him, you're a son of God too. And it couldn't click with them. Do not believe me unless I do what my Father does. But if I do it, even though you do not believe me, believe in the miracles that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. Now, here's a play on words again, and it goes back here. It goes back here to um, Psalms. Now, I want to read this to you because if, if we can get this kind of stuff... It, and totally understand our identity in, in Jesus 
and who Jesus really was. Jesus is, not was, not going to be, is the son of the living God. And because of him, guess who you are? You are sons and daughters of the living God. No one can take that away from you. That come as a free gift because of what God did. Now we can live up, up to who he's called us to be. Now watch this in Psalms 82. God provides over the great assembly. He gives judgment among the gods. Now this, isn't li this is little g. This is not talking about God. God is not his name. Now this is important for us. Like we pray to God. When we pray to God, Moses asked him, he's like, hey, what's your name? And he's like, he didn't say, my name's God. Like in Morgan Freeman's voice, right? He didn't say, my name's God, I'm God. No, he, he said, said, my name's Yudhe actually. You know, we add the consonants. Like we added an A and an E because we watched too much Will of Fortune back then. <laughs> and he's like, Vanna, can I, can I have an A? Can I have an E? And then we put on, oh, Yahweh. And it's like, no, 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 no. There's no constant. But it's a sound, like a breath. Yahweh. Do you know you can't even breathe without saying God's name? Your very breath says his name, right? So he didn't say, my, my name's God. God is what he does. It means he's a creator, like creator of the universe. It means that he's a sovereign God. It's like I'm pastor. They say, hey, pastor. Right? That's God, okay? Now watch this. Now we can call him God just like you can call me pastor, right? You can call me a lot of other things too. I'm okay with that. But he says, Elohim presides in the great assembly and he gives judgments among the Elohim. Now watch this. How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the cause of the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Now watch this. It says, they know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk in darkness. And all the foundations of the earth are shaking. That's where Jesus is talking to him. He's like, dude... You guys see, but you don't see. You hear, but you don't hear. You don't understand. You don't have any knowledge. You don't have any understanding. And you're walking around in darkness. And that's why he was telling the scribes and the Pharisees, he's like, you go out and make a disciple and make them seven times or how many times worse than you are. Put more rules, put more regulations and get them focused on the outside even more because you don't know and you don't see. And it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And when you can connect to that, that changes our life from the inside out. Whew, I'm just getting warmed up. It's a good thing I got an extra hour. <laughs> now watch. And then he goes on and he hits him again with this. I said, you are God. You are all sons of the Most High. But then he tells them, and they knew the scripture was in here, but you will die like mere men. You will fall like every other ruler. You know what he's telling them? 
you keep trying to do stuff in your own strength. You keep trying to save yourself in your own power, and you're going to die like a mere man. But you are not mere men. You are not common. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's good news. You have great value. You have his breath raising up. And then I love it because it says here, Rise up, O God. Judge the earth, for all the nations are your inheritance. Now, we always think of judge as something that's really bad. Am I, I'm the only one who thinks, well, you're being judged. You know what? When I was competing on, um, in the cold starting challenges, I, we had judges, man. And I didn't, I didn't even focus on the judges. I knew I was getting judged, but I didn't look at the bad judging. I didn't expect bad judging. I was just like, hey, they're giving me an honest, this is where you're at. This is your report card, right? And so I had judges. I didn't like, oh my gosh, there's a judge. It's going to be really bad. I mean, for some of them it was. Because they just weren't as good looking as I was, you know? <laughs> but judgment's not always bad. You can have judgment in your favor also, Right? And so, when he's saying, rise up and judge the earth, he's saying, rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations are your inheritance. Rise up who? O God. Where is he going to rise up? Like, like it, we need a resurrection every day in us, where Jesus can rise up in us and live in us, and he's not knocking on our hearts saying, let me out, let me out. Because he's roaring, man. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he's roaring, and he's ready to fight every battle and to set you free if you'll just trust him. Just rest in him and go, and, and he'll take, take care of you. Isaiah 30, verse 15, says this. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. In, re, in repentance, in the, in the Hebrew it says, in returning and rest, you are saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. But it goes on and says, but you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses, therefore you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses, therefore your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one, and at the threat of five, you will flee away till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. Yet, I love that word, yet. Isaiah thirty fifteen. Yep. Yet, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion, for the Lord is a God of justice, Blessed are all those who wait for him. Where's our salvation? In rest. And returning to him. And knowing that you're sons and daughters of the Most High God because of what he did for you on the cross. It made all the difference in the world. It just wasn't a mere formality. It's here for us right now, too. Amen?
So, Father, thank you. Thank you for your peace and for your love and for, for being with us, and we give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.